Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Thursday, December 6, 2018. Got my co-pilot back with me, Gino Bacola. Had a fun week with Rick last week, man, but got to say, missed you. Missed that chemistry, missed talking sports, debating, arguing, agreeing, all that good stuff. Welcome back, G. It's been a while, too, because we had Thanksgiving the week before. It feels like I haven't talked to you in, uh, on on the show in about a year or so, but a big thanks to Rick for uh, helping out last week, and we know Monique's always in here helping us out, talking some NFL, so Lots to talk about this week, Mike. But before we get into anything, happy birthday to you, buddy! Oh, well, Your thank you, brother. Today. Appreciate yeah, that. I'm, so not, those I'm, you know, I'm not one of the. I'm not one of those big birthday guys. You know, it's, do you know those those people that like celebrate you mean for like a whole celebrate week? The birthday week. Yeah, <laughs> the birthday week I know, actually, people. Yeah, I know a birthday monther. By the way, that's a little overboard, you know. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, appreciate the warm thoughts and um, yeah, it's 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 not so warm California wise. Raining uh, quite a bit here, but. Um, a lot, a lot of sunshine, a lot of excitement to to talk about at least. Well, sunshine as far as your your gambling year, it's been incredible for you, Mike. When we do the the weekly NFL picks, we both had a pretty solid years. Uh, I haven't had any picks for the last couple of weeks, but I, I think I'm around twenty one, fourteen, and two on the year. But Mike, you went three and one last week. You're up to twenty three, nine, and three. Just an incredible run you've been on. So. Let's, let's hope to keep that good juju rolling uh, with just a few weeks left in the NFL season and then the playoffs starting, but you've been really kicking butt, buddy. Uh, it, it, is it just one of those things where you're on a run? Or have you done anything a little different? Have you uh, tweaked your, your strategy with the teams uh, or the way you selected the games or just, just one of those up-and-down type runs? Yeah, I don't remember if I uh, was talking to you or somebody else right around the mid-year point. I think it was you in a text. But generally speaking, the first half of the year for me has always been kind of feel it out, get a sense of what's going on, you know, with, with these with these clubs and, and uh, how, how they perform at home, on the road, against good teams, against bad teams, you know, figuring out which teams club the poor teams consistently. You know, every year you got teams that are really good, but then they struggle against bad teams. And you have bad teams that rise up against good teams. Figuring all that out in the first half of the year has always kind of been my thing. So I'm usually, you know, maybe a, a little bit above 500. Um, second half is typically where I take off. This is not like an uncommon thing for me. And I'm not saying that in a cocky way, but generally I see the ball a lot better in the second half. Can't say I'm doing anything differently. Um, as, as any of our listeners who were listening and tuning in last year know, I wasn't giving up picks last year for a variety of reasons. But um, I'm enjoying it, man. I'm enjoying uh, digging in, rolling up the sleeves, and looking at football from a totally different perspective than I usually do on a day-to-day basis. But, hey, man, you've been pretty hot, too. You've been pretty consistent. I'd say probably for both of us, if you throw out maybe one or two kind of rough weeks, uh, you know, we've consistently been giving out winners. Yeah. So, been good stuff there. A, a, whole lot of, a whole lot of bad. Uh, things are really starting to take a lot of shape now in, in the NFL. Um, there are a lot of just kind of interesting storylines last week. The Bears lost after five straight wins. The Saints lost after 10 straight wins. The Colts got shut out after five straight wins. Mike McCarthy gets fired from Green Bay after they lose to Arizona. You have a, team, a couple of teams that are quietly 
back into the playoff hunt now with the Ravens and the Broncos. They both won their third in a row. The Rams clinched the NFC West. Your Dolphins, they stayed alive with a tight, close win in Buffalo for the playoff spot. And then the Panthers, they lost their fourth in a row. So in just a one week, it seemed like there were a lot of storylines last week, kind of like a lot of big things as far as the playoffs are concerned and moving forward. So um, that's what's great about the NFL, Mike. Just a few weeks ago, we were talking about the possibility when the Panthers were 6-2 and two, of Cam Newton sneaking into the play, uh, the MVP discussion if they could win a couple games. They lost to the Steelers. Now they've lost four games in a row, and they still have to play the Saints two out of their last four games. I mean, 8-8 eight and eight would be, at this point, not a bad way to end your season, but it's crazy in the NFL how quickly, just two or three weeks, things change so drastically. But with that said, has has your mind at all been, you know, impacted by what's happened uh, at uh, on, at the top of the standings and in terms of who are the real legitimate Super Bowl contenders? I don't think though so. I don't think anything's changed think in that front, right? Yeah, I think yeah. at the top, it's it's the top top where they're the same. It's it's in that middle class where everybody looks the same. I mean, all these seven and five, six and six type teams that are trying right now that are trying to get into that the five, the five and the six spots for like those, those wild card spots in the playoffs. But uh, no, I, I'm with you. I don't think a whole lot has changed. I mean, some, you know, the, the Patriot, the thing that's weird is it's another season like this where it's like the Pats are quietly right back up to like steal that number one seed. They're close because they're nine and three right now. Um, and their, their last four games are pretty easy. They play at Miami, at Pittsburgh, who struggled a little bit, and the Pats generally own Pittsburgh. And then they end with Buffalo and the Jets, whereas you have a team like Kansas City, who's 10-2, and two, and remember the Pats beat them, so the Pats have the tiebreaker over them. They've got to play a Ravens team this week that's a little bit of a, a difficult matchup just because you don't really know with Lamar Jackson. They, they play a totally different style of football than almost everybody else in the league. They just try to run it down your throat now. And then they got to play the Chargers, you know, who are, you know, right there in the mix too. And then they got to go at Seattle. So if you're just comparing the, the schedules for the Pats and KC in the last four games, I would say Kansas City's schedule with uh, Ravens, the Chargers, and then going to Seattle is a little bit tougher. But but Mike, how about the Texans? They're right there too. They're nine and three. They won nine games in a row. I mean, yeah, you know, they're like right the, in the mix for a number one seed too. You know, at the beginning of the year, I'm sure you remember, I was pretty high on on, on the Texans and the Cowboys. You know, but both uh, both Texas teams, and it took a little while, especially for the Cowboys. Well, who was it? Was it Adrian? Uh, but, who was it? Was it Adrian or um, Adrian? I think Adrian uh, has them going all the way, the if Super I remember Bowl. correctly. To the, to the yeah. Super Bowl. To the Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah, he had them in the Super Bowl, and then the first couple of weeks, we're scratching our heads. They're zero three. You know, and we're going wow. Yeah, and I even I even foolishly like, dropped their uh, defense in fantasy football. I don't like to talk about my team too much on the air because who gives a hoot? But uh, th- that's that's how bad they looked in the first few weeks. I was bad. like, they're I mean, out of sync. And then they rattled off four or five wins in a row, but those wins weren't even good. No, they're, they it's funny they they just have they figured it out. They're very similar to two of the teams that you and I liked early in the year in the Dolphins and the Redskins, like the way that tech, the Texans were winning games, you never looked at them and said, I think this is a Super Bowl contending team, but they just keep winning. And they yeah. just keep winning. They have a defense that's very solid. They have, it seems like they have just enough playmakers on, on offense with Watson, with Hopkins. Now you have uh, Thomas who can, you know, kind of like a red zone target there. They have a couple backs that are, they're fine, like league, league average type. So they're, they're, there's nothing sexy about them at all. 
but they, but they can drop 30 any done. game though. But they could drop 30 any game. That's they the crazy could. thing about it. And they could hold you to they could hold you to under 20 in any game too. And sure. they could beat you in different ways. They're probably one of the more well balanced team in the whole in all of the NFL. Like I don't think so let me, any well, let me let me ask you this then. I think that's a great point, and I don't I don't want to move on from it just yet in terms of balance. And I think this year more than ever, I know home field is always really important in the NFL, but I don't really see that many teams this year that can, you know, go on the road and, and just lay down the wood on, on a team. Which are those teams? Like, for example, what I mean is you look at the Patriots, they're really average on the road. They're three on and the three road. this year on the road. I wouldn't trust them. I think they'd be super dangerous. I would not want to go into Foxborough in January and try to win a game against that experienced coaching staff and Tom Brady. But if they have to go on the road, I think they're a bet against. Who are other teams? Yeah, who are other teams that you think? I I, I would say probably the most road ready team in the league to win is probably the Rams. Like if if there was a team that didn't get home field that that should be okay, I think it would be the Rams. I love the Saints. I think the other teams they're they're super protected in that dome, right? Like the Saints, really. Like if they're if they've got home field, they're going to be my Super Bowl. Pick. They are my Super Bowl pick, but I mean, I'd, I'd stick with them. I wouldn't change anything. I think maybe the Cowboys a little bit too. I think they can go on the road and, and maybe pull off an upset. But I think this year I more than any home field is important. Yeah, I for can me see it's that. The Chargers because they don't really have a home field right now. You know, they're playing in L.A. as kind of like this transient L.A. team. When sure. all of like that's what we've learned in the last like year or two. I and mean, you went to one of the games at the StubHub Center. You said, and it was just kind of all over the place. I mean, we've seen a lot of the L.A. fans embrace the Rams again in the last couple of years because there were a lot of Rams fans, you know, years back before the Rams left, and now the Rams got really good again last year and at the beginning of this year. The Chargers have kind of been quietly good, and they don't get a whole lot of support out here. Every time you watch one of the Chargers games when they're playing against, you know, the Chiefs or the Raiders or someone, that entire stadium is filled with opposing fans. They're basically on the road every week. I mean, they don't, they're not even used to any semblance of a home field advantage. So I think in a weird way, they're one of the more prepared teams. We actually saw them go on the road and beat Pittsburgh in what was like a playoff-type atmosphere. That might even be a playoff rematch um, you know, in the next couple of weeks based on how things shape out. And they're going to get Melvin Gordon back. They're a team who got Joey Bosa back. And you know, if you're talking about like an acquisition in the middle of the season, that's about as big of an acquisition as you could get one of the best defensive players in the league. I think they're quiet. Like, they were a team that I was kind of high on all year making the playoffs, and they've quietly been pretty good. That game in a couple weeks with the, the Chiefs is going to be a massive, massive game when uh, the Chargers and the Chiefs play. They could be like 11-2 and two and 10-3 and three when they hook up, and that'll be a really fun game as far as that division is concerned, as far as the playoff seating is concerned. That's going to have a lot to do um, with the AFC and how things shake out. Yeah, so let's say road game, playoff game, two-minute drill, Chargers are down by, you know, three, four, uh, I'm still not envisioning how that drive would play out. They haven't done it before. You know, can well, they the, come the, back know, we, on the road in the playoffs and do it? As long as Phillip Rivers has been in the league, you know, we haven't really seen. We've seen some playoff upsets by the Chargers, but we really haven't seen any kind of sustained success. To me, that's going to be what's most interesting is, you know, how do they handle a lead on the road? That's going to be a lot largely dependent on Melvin Gordon. As you mentioned, he's supposedly going to be healthy in the next week or two. Uh, but also what will happen if they are behind. That was a really good game uh, indicator uh, last Sunday, right? Sunday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers, where we saw them have a really, really interesting comeback, a tale of two halves, where they were just absolutely, they couldn't do anything right in the first half. It seems like everything went their way in the second half. 
penalties aside or lack of penalties called. But th- that to me is going to be what's interesting is, is, you know, they haven't done it before. Now you could say the same thing about Philly last year, right? They hadn't done it before and they didn't run their backup quarterback. So um, that's what makes the NFL playoffs so intriguing. Yeah. And what we, let's talk a little bit about that, uh, that Cowboys game um, last week. It was, you know, everybody is just assuming with the, the Saints after winning 10 games in a row, they were going to handle the Cowboys, but happens with all the best teams you have down weeks. We've seen the Rams and the Chiefs have some down weeks where they've still been able to win, and then that was really the difference. There were a couple couple questionable calls, the either-or referee calls, that maybe swayed the game a little bit, but, but you can't take away what the Cowboys did defensively to shut down the Saints that way and to put the pressure on Breeze and to really, really shut that team down. That's impressive, and we're seeing the Cowboys now. Maybe they are peaking at the right time, Mike. I know this was a team... Nobody was really high on, but I think you selected them as kind of being the best in what we have been pretty correct about the, the division not being strong with the Cowboys, the, the Eagles, um, the Redskins, and the Giants all kind of down this year. But Dallas is playing well. If that defense is that good, they're another team similar to the Texans in that good defense. Now maybe enough pieces on offense with Amari Cooper. He's not the best wide receiver in the league, but when you don't have – you know, a good group of wide receivers at all, he makes a huge difference. I mean, he's made a massive difference for that team, just getting them first downs, kind of like a possession receiver. He made a big difference on your fantasy team the last few weeks, too. He's kind of one of the reasons that helped you sneak into the playoffs with a couple of big weeks that he's had. So I think that was a – we don't know how the trade will end up because when you give up a first-rounder, sometimes you just don't know. But if they get into the playoffs, then – you know, they they win a game. I guess you have to say that was a good trade. Yeah, I mean, I think the open what it did is open things up offensively for the the element of surprise. You know, otherwise you just know that it's going to be Ezekiel Elliott. And if you don't have any legitimate passing threats, then it's not that difficult to really game plan for them offensively. You know, I think what it did was it it really gave not just defensive coordinators something else to prepare for, open up things, but I think it gave Dak Prescott a lot of confidence. I think having that guy there, he needed a lift. Absolutely. And you're right. It was a a struggle of the year. You know, it was a a bad start to the year. I mean, four weeks ago, we're talking about the the clapper and Jason Garrett getting fired. And everybody's laughing at the guy and saying, how is he still on the, on the sideline? Just clapping and clapping and clapping. And you know what? He, he started coaching like a desperate man. And you could see it. He changed some of the way, some of his philosophy. He was much more aggressive he went for it a lot of times on fourth downs when he wasn't. And that, that there was the difference between winning a couple of these games and losing a couple of these games. And, you know, maybe that's what he needed. Who knows if this is going to be better or worse for the Cowboys in the long run. If I still don't think they're a team that can win the Super Bowl this year. I think they might be able to win a playoff game or two, but I can't envision them be necessarily beating the Saints and then the Rams. You know, back-to-back games, that's going to be tough for any team in the NFC to try to do. But... Um, we're talking about a team three weeks ago that everybody said was done. And now with the injuries in Washington, Philadelphia does, even when they win the Eagles, they don't look good when they do. I mean, you have to be pretty confident in, uh, in, in the Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, here's the thing in the NFC, you got the saints and the Rams. They are the cream of the crop. They're the class of the NFC. After that, you know, there's a lot of interesting teams because you have the bears at eight and four and the Cowboys, the Seahawks, they're all similar in that they're completely different types of teams, but they're similar in that they're not world beaters. They're a team that could 
maybe, like you said, win that first playoff game, especially if they're hosting one as a division winner. And out of those teams, the Bears and the Cowboys right now would be division winners. Seattle would be a, a road team. Seattle, though, is actually, to their credit, where they're usually so good in Seattle and not so good elsewhere, they've already played seven of their eight road games. They've already got those out of the way. So they only have one road game left, and they're four and three on the road, whereas the Cowboys are two and four on the road. And I always look at road record when it comes to playoff time because unless you're the number one seed, you're going to have to win on the road if you have any shot of getting to the Super Bowl. And, you know, sometimes the old school formula still works, right? Good defense and a good running game that gives you a shot. Gives you a shot to be in the game. And you and I know, both know if you're in the game, you know, after halftime, after the third quarter, going into the fourth quarter, eight minutes left with the clock in the fourth quarter. Now you got that battering ram and Ezekiel Elliott that can churn up some first downs and keep the clock moving, keep the chains moving. Anything can happen. But you're not going to knock off the Saints or the Rams. I'm sorry. Not this year. The, the, the two no. teams are destined for, as long as their quarterbacks are healthy, they're destined for an NFC championship game. That's what I want to see. Because those are those are two really really good does. teams. Yeah, that 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 would be a good Super Bowl matchup as it is, as long as we get the Kansas City on the other side or or New England. I still don't think the Texans have enough, but it's going to be Me one either. of those things. How do the matchups, you know, set up for them come playoff time? You know, they're a team that maybe could go in and and sneak a win in Foxborough, possibly. Right? They've played them pretty tough. They played them tough, and I think. You know, you were just talking about Seattle as a team who is, I think, a little sneaky to maybe win a game or maybe I wouldn't be shocked to see Seattle beat the Rams or the Saints. I don't think they could do it twice. But if you go through Seattle's season and you look at all their losses, they lost opening week to Denver by a field goal. They lost to the Bears on the road by a touchdown. They lost twice to the Rams in really tight games, and they lost by one score to the Chargers. They don't have a bad loss. You know, they, they, and this is a team that I, I give it, got to give it up to my guy, Pete Carroll. I think he's done an excellent job coaching this team. They lost a lot of their identity. This team used to be the Legion of Boom. This was a team that was sold on their defense, shutting you down. Um, you wouldn't be able to score on this team. You couldn't throw on their secondary. They, they lost all of those players. I mean, they don't have any of the stud defensive, um, you know, the secondary players that they used to have. This is a team now that is basically Russell Wilson uh, making plays. They're starting to run the ball. They have a couple running backs now with Carson and with Penny uh, that they can kind of pound the ball a little bit. Their uh, Baldwin's getting a little bit healthy. Lockett. They have a couple small playmakers, but I got to give it up to Pete. I think he's done an excellent job. This is a team that hasn't been blown out all year. They really haven't had a bad showing. And when you're consistent like that, as you mentioned, if you're a team like Seattle or a team like Houston that's just consistent. You, you know that you're going to come out with a consistent showing, and if one of those better teams just show up and it's just not their day, maybe it's just a bad day for the Saints, a bad day for the Rams, a bad day for the Pats, these are the teams that will beat them. It'll be a Seattle, it'll be a Texans team that is solid and not flashy that'll end up beating one of those, you know, even the Chiefs. If, if the Chiefs, you know, like we saw last week, the Chiefs have kind of a little hiccup and an ugly win where they beat the Raiders, but they allowed 33 points to your Raiders. Yeah, that was an ugly win, and you know, maybe we'll spend a minute or two talking about the Kareem Hunt situation um, and, and kind of from a football perspective, you know, and how that impacted yeah, how, how uh, it affects their team. Yeah, you're right. Know, that's the big thing that I, I think there's a little bit of hangover. A lot right? of people are talking about. Yeah, he's, yeah he's there's a, he's a little a bit of a hangover there. And, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, let, let's touch on that uh, after the first commercial break. I do want to say one thing to reiterate what you're talking about in terms of the job Pete Carroll's done. Fantastic, mind blowing. They've reinvented themselves. 
Like you said, their identity yeah. just five years ago when they were winning Super Bowls was, or a Super Bowl and going to Super Bowls, was the Legion of Boom, just defensive dominance. You did not want to play up in Seattle against that 12th man with that defense and Russell Wilson doing his thing with a battering ram and Marshawn behind, behind uh, the quarterback. Right now, it's a completely different ball club. I can't wait to see what happens when Russell Wilson's got like some really, really dynamic wide receivers and running backs to work with on that roster. I know they kind of have that three-headed rotation, right uh, you know, in the running back uh, position. Um, you know, they don't necessarily have like real big-time go-to guys. You know, Lockett's probably the the closest thing, but you're seeing a lot of random names show up on the stat sheet week in week out now that are coming in and doing some things uh, from the receiver position. So I think if Pete Carroll can really solidify that offense, we're going to see Russell Wilson throwing for like 5,000 yards and, and putting up some pretty crazy numbers. Because in my mind, he should be in the MVP conversation. Probably won't be because not that sexy 7-5 record and his numbers are, are really good, but they're not quite at the Mahomes and Breeze level. But who who else, you know, remove him from the equation and, and what's Seattle's record? On that note, let's take our first commercial break, and we'll come back. I've actually got a fantasy sleeper. Haven't talked too much fantasy from my end. I've got a sleeper for everybody for this upcoming week and uh, for these playoff rounds. So stay with us. We'll be back in a a quick, short minute. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. He'll talk about the draft, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps, on and off the field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back, everyone. Talking a little NFL here with Gino Bacola. And we're going to transition a little bit into some uh, fantasy football talk. Gino, uh, we have an... I'm sure everybody's got an interesting league, but we're in a really, really interesting league because probably one of the best teams is not even in the playoffs with that, uh, our boy Shaft, man. How the hell oh, man, I think did he not get in? I think we got to make... And I, and I'm. This was the first year we've ever done a Mike Abadir show fantasy football league. I, we had a lot of fun in it. We it's a 12 team league PPR league. Um, so our first round of the playoffs starting this week. 
Well, let me interrupt you for a second. What do you, what do you let, let me interrupt you for a quick second. What do you let the listeners know what the, the West and the East is and, and how that all came together? Because uh, you were the brains behind a lot of it. It's a really fun setup, and maybe we can grow the league next year and include more listeners. But give us a little flavor on the league. Yeah, so what we did is we have some of our listeners from the show and then a lot of our guests from the show. So we had two different uh, – it was a 12-team league, and we had two different divisions. And in the first one, it was Craig Milkowski, Mike Joyce, Mike Abadir, Nick Hines – myself, and then Scott Shapiro, so you, me, and then a lot of our, our guests and our, uh, our friends, some of our analysts and different people who come on and help us out. And then the second division was a lot of fans, uh, Joe Killian, Foster, um, some other folks that we talked to online, uh, our buddy uh, Bob Fernaro. So we had kind of two different divisions, and we've had a, it's been a really competitive league. Other than Craig, who was 11-2, and two, and he dominated with uh, Gurley and Mahomes, um, Gus Siggins, who's finished second, he's nine and four. So Craig and Gus get the the bye the first week. Mike, your team really really came on the last couple of weeks. You were able to sneak in at six and seven. You are the last spot that got in the playoffs, so you make it this week. So best of luck to you. You have a shot to uh, to still still take home some of that playoff money. But I think next year, and I think Scott Shapiro would probably agree with this for the last playoff spot. I might. I think we we should maybe do what we should call it like the Shapiro rule, and <laughs> the, the top five teams make the playoffs, and then the the next team with the highest amount of points makes it. Because every year it seems like in every league that you're in, there's always one team that just gets screwed based on who they play. It's like every week they seem to play the team that has the best team, and if you look at Scott's team, he has more points than you, me, Nick Hines, and Mike Joyce. He's second of the six teams in our division. He's got more teams than most, overall, of the, than most of the playoff teams. Scott overall has the third most points in the uh, one, two, three, fourth out of 12 in the league, and he finished 12th. <laughs> Just to give you an idea of how unlucky he was. He had the fourth most points in the league, and he finished 3-10. and 10. I mean, he had some brutal, brutal losses, games where, you know, Tyreek Hill scoring three touchdowns, and he loses by a couple points. If you just went back and looked at his season, so unlucky for Shapiro. But I yeah, think by the way, my, mine was kind of mine was kind of headed that way. The first part of the year, my team wasn't scoring at all. It really turned it on, kind of like at the midway point. But it was kind of looking like it was going to be that. I know the the year end total isn't anywhere near Shaps. But when you, when I when I went back and looked, I was like, man, I'm scoring like 130, 140, 150, and I'm losing some games. This is kind of ridiculous. I don't think I'm going to make the playoffs. Like you mentioned, it was a, but my team stayed hot, and the teams I was going up against weren't at quite as hot. It's one of those things where there's a lot of luck involved. Obviously, when you're it's talking so, about yeah, fantasy so football and matchups and stuff like that, that makes it part of the fun. But I agree with you. There needs to be a chap rule where we sometimes year, somehow are able to yeah, bring, bring in that team. That's that, the, that last spot. I think maybe just for that six, if we're going to put six in the playoffs, we'll have that six spot be for, uh, for the Shap, the Shappers of the world who have a good year but are unlucky, and maybe they still get a shot in the playoffs because their teams are good. And yeah, so it. maybe but, uh, next year we yeah, also we expand have, it out and have maybe two leagues or three 16, leagues. If there's, yeah, or two leagues. Or, or, we'll figure uh, a better yeah. way to do it. It was a fun, it was a fun start, and um, yeah, it's, it's been great. So we'll keep monitoring over the next few weeks. We'll see if if Craig's going to win the whole thing again or if someone else can take him down in the playoffs. That Gurley-Mahomes tandem that he had has just been lethal all throughout the year. Uh, and, then, and heading into this week, Mike, I know you have a, a specific um, player you wanted to talk about. And I think for me, the one thing that we've seen all throughout the year is that with no Le'Veon Bell there, 
James Conner filled in very well in Pittsburgh. And I think, again, this weekend that might be the case with Jalen Samuels, who's going to fill in. If you just look at Samuels last week when he was able to take over, he only got a couple rushes. But I think the key for him is he's going to catch a couple balls out of the backfield. He scored a touchdown last week. If you're talking DraftKings and Daily Fantasy, I think Jalen Samuels is a very good play this week. And I'm sure he's probably got snagged up off the waiver wire. He's probably the number one waiver wire pickup this last week in most fantasy leagues. And I think a lot of people will probably be starting him in the playoffs this week. Now, that's, that's exactly the scenario, by the way. The, the scenario you just described is, is a situation that um, I'm, I'm up against in, in the playoffs here because my opponent has uh, Connor with the Steelers. So uh, I think he also may have snagged up Samuel, I believe. I know somebody did. It may have been him. But it's kind of interesting because just like in a two-week period – you know, a lot of the stability in fantasy football is in the running back position. And so three of us, Sarge with uh, Melvin Gordon, myself with Kareem Hunt, and, um, and this is uh, Bob with uh, Bob Fornaro oh, with, uh, with Connor, yeah. right? So uh, when you get to this time of year, and, and just taking a quick step back, in the last few weeks, especially not last week when the Saints lost to the Cowboys, but the week before, you know, the Saints were winning by – I don't know, 35 points plus, and Breeze, uh, you know, had already done everything that he could do uh, statistically to, to make me happy, but I still needed a few more points, and all of a sudden you see Bridgewater coming into the game. You're at that stage yeah. of the year now, right, which coincides with the playoffs, where you've got a lot of these teams now, you know, maybe the Rams, the, the Saints, the Texans that are blowing out their opponents. They're not going to want to take chances with their quarterbacks or some of their star players, especially when you see like a Connor going down late in the game um, where you're going to have guys sitting down. This is the time, I think, if you're going to excel, you have to be prepared for who are going to be the garbage time type of performers that are out there. I think one of the teams overall that's great for garbage time picking up points is San Francisco 49ers. They're headed nowhere. Yep. They're trying people out. They're uh, experimenting. You know, they're, Burita, they're down to the uh, – exactly, Yeah. Well, and see, here's the thing. Brito was a surprise performer. He was somebody that I actually drafted on draft day. Surprise performer, yep. did really well, but the inconsistency comes in his health. He's out this week entirely. And so the, the Niner guys are the, t- the two guys I'm looking at for the surprise fantasy, especially when you're talking about daily fantasy and you might be able to swoop them sure. up for cheap, would be a Dante Pettis, would be a Wilson Jr., right? Wilson Jr. is probably going to get a bulk of the carries. Now, he's, the thing I worry about him is that has he fallen out of the favor with Shanahan slightly because he's got fumbleitis. He's got big-time fumbleitis. That's the, the one thing that I'd be concerned about Wilson in terms of the number of carries but in one of these leagues, if we could swoop him up on a daily for, I don't know, 2800 3000 whatever is kind of the lower tier for, uh, for a running back, same thing with Pettis. You're probably going to get a lot of garbage time. And if you go back and look at each of them over the last couple of weeks, they put up some points, even though their team has been absolutely miserable. So it's more of a philosophy. Who are going to pick up the garbage time points? Who sure. are the star guys that are going to be coming out of the game? That's what I'd keep in mind as you're headed into these uh, next three, three weeks of playoff rounds. Yeah, the the volume and the the shape of the game, very very key. Yeah, kind of a, exactly. A small, By the way, small, why, why, I want to see some money being put up for the uh, consolation tournament. That should be a really good tournament. I was gonna say, yeah, I was gonna say, I, I was either gonna do um um ask the guys around if they want to put up an extra maybe like twenty five bucks, or I was thinking about maybe even inviting uh, the consolation people into a DraftKings um g- oh, uh, group this weekend and maybe doing sure. something like that. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna send a message out to some of the. Uh, uh, us consolation folk. My team this year was just unfortunately just awful. It's funny. It's so funny the way um, I was the second pick and um, Craig was the first pick. And it's so funny the way that one player just changes your entire season because. So it was Gurley and then who? Gurley. 
it was Gurley and then David Johnson. And, mm. and, you know, when you look at David Johnson, he had a really slow start to the year. And when you look at him now, he's like the 10th overall running back. He's still a running back one. You know, not bad, but just not what you need from your first round, second overall pick. What, it, what was a little difficult that time. And, you know, one guy who was really unlucky was the Sarge, who he, he got, I think he was the fifth pick. And since he was on auto draft, he got Le'Veon Bell. And Sarge was actually having a really competitive season without basically a first round pick all year. Um, sure. So that was, uh, you know, pretty impressive from Sarge to kind of manage his way to kind of stay into contention without a big player like that. But, uh, yeah, just the difference between Gurley and when you look at Gurley and Mahomes as the top two players in fantasy, and they are so far above everyone else, it is just unbelievable. Really, really fun season, though, and a great job from Craig. A small little transition, Mike, just a few more minutes, and then I want to I talk about this, and then we'll get back into the NFL when we have Monique on. We saw the announcements for the XFL in 2020, and I know our buddy Rick Saratella, I think he was at the announcement, and he was talking all about some of the things that he thought. So I want to kind of roll through some of the things that I read, and then I want to pick your brain a little bit on this because you, as a sports agent, you deal with a lot of players in the NFL. You deal with a lot of players who aren't necessarily um, first-round draft picks. So this might be a league that is, you know, you might you could be involved in a lot. Um, what I like, what I've seen with with this team, uh, with this organization now, and with Vince McMahon at the head of it, they Vince is, is not going to look like to be the face of this organization as much. The CEO of the XFL is Oliver Luck, the father of Andrew Luck. Their executives, Doug Whaley, John Fox, Jim Caldwell, Doug Flutie, those are good football guys and good football names. I mean, Oliver, if you looked at Oliver Luck's resume, it is incredible. Former quarterback, NCAA executive, he was director of intercollege, uh, intercollegiate athletes at West Virginia. He was the first president and GM for the Houston Dynamos in the MLS. They won the MLS Cup 2006 and 2007. He's run for Congress. He was a GM in the World League of Football. He oversaw that league changing into NFL Europe. He was the CEO for Houston Sports Authority, basically providing financing, construction, and management for Houston sports and entertainment venues, for all the Houston teams and the rodeo and all that stuff. He was an NFL exec for 10 years. He's on the college football committee, playoff committee. He was an AD at West Virginia. So if you're Vince McMahon, as far as putting people and qualified people in place to help run your league, that's not a bad way to start with uh, Oliver Luck right on the top. No, they've got they've got some pretty good football people there. Doug Whaley, I go back with him a ways from his days with the uh, Steelers and the Buffalo Bills. You know, legit football guy. You know, knows knows the business side of football. Look, here's the thing: these leagues that are popping up. And by the way, I don't know if you uh, saw today's announcement and something that I had actually been hearing whispers about from Simeon. But there's a third league that is emerging, and I think the press is picking up on. Uh, on the news today with the announcement that they are forming the Freedom Football League. And it's actually going to be created by Terrell Owens, Ricky Williams, and Simeon Rice. And um, their catch is going to be, you know, rather than being on an NFL team where you're told stay quiet on social issues and that type of stuff, it's going to be the Freedom League. You can be outspoken. You can be yourself. To me, that's not enough of a catch, uh, like a hook to get people really interested, to be honest with you. My concern now, though, is is this. You've got now three leagues that are popping three up all leagues. within a one-year yeah. time period between the Alliance of American Football, which is going to be emerging the which soonest. Is, they actually have – they already have – 2019, the, right? I'm sorry? 
Uh, they're going to be in, in 2019 some point, correct? Yeah, they're going to be year, this spring. They'll be playing live football games, right? So they yeah. they had their their quarterback draft the other day, and you know we're talking about quarterbacks of the caliber of like Josh Johnson, who was just signed by the Redskins, and he already announced that he's going to once the season's over with with DC, he's going to be you know playing um, in, in in the league come 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 the spring. But there's just not enough quality of talent for these three leagues to be able to cannibalize that's, themselves that's the like this. That's the big That's concern. The We've had a lot of teams that have, have popped up. Probably the most legitimate of them was um, about 10 years ago, and the name even escapes me. I mean, these that's how quickly these, these leagues emerge and then die, and they all have kind of a similar name, AFL, XFL, that type of thing. Arena, I believe it was. The, uh, we've seen, yeah. Yeah. Actually, the, the best one was the arena until they had to file for bankruptcy. Arena. You know, that was the because best. They're, com- they're entertaining and it's different and, it, and they have like a different approach. It's high. Well, and also they had a foothold. Yeah, they had, they had a foothold yeah. on the communities that they were in. The San Jose Sabercats were there for a long time. Everybody knew the Sabercats. They were they weren't considered necessarily a minor league team because, like you said, it has its own rules, its own field size. It's very different than the NFL. So it had kind of a catch. It's a little bit different. And, and guys had long, productive careers. Actually, I represented one of the uh, all time greats, Omar Smith. Who's now? He's still a coach in the Arena Football League, but the Arena Football League just is not what it was before. But I know you have some questions and some thoughts about the XFL aside from my general thoughts. So fire away. Yeah. So these are these are some of the things that Rick um, thought were kind of positive. So as you, as an agent, you know, let us know what what you think or what you like or don't like about some of these things. They're gonna have a forty-five man roster, a ten-week season. The eight teams have been announced. L.A. is the first, New York, New Jersey the second, Dallas is the third, Houston, St. Louis, Seattle, Tampa, and Washington. Their first game will be February 8th and 9th, 2020. So they're going to go the week after the Super Bowl, uh, directly after the Super Bowl in 2020, and it's Alpha Entertainment Company. That's Vince McMahon's company. So what I think is a positive now in that in the last 15, 20 years, Vince McMahon and the WWE have figured things out as far as streaming services, entertainment is concerned. They have the WWE Network now. Vince and uh, the WWE have just signed a deal with Fox to bring WWE SmackDown over to Fox. It's a billion-dollar deal that's going to start at the end of 2018. So uh, the word is that Fox, Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports 2 is in discussions for the television rights for uh, the XFL. The key, some of the keys that they want, faster games, fewer stoppages, they want to focus on in-game betting and fantasy. They want a 25-second play clock, fewer commercials. Uh, they're going to have a salary cap with four tiers, and the top players can make up to 300000 which is actually more than in the AAFL. I think their cap is going to be 250000 So, you know, if we're talking about some top-tier players, you probably want to go where you're going to make a little bit more money. And, you know, 50000 when you're only making two fifty, that's a nice other extra chunk to, to bring you up to 300000 uh, player incentive, incentives for production, health benefits. They're going to have a health and wellness program. They want affordable tickets for the, the fans. Um, they're going to have a few different player drafts and, uh, and yeah, the TV rights on the way. So some of the, some of the things that Rick thought were kind of positive or kind of um, what things that are important for this league. But I think the key is with everything, you have to be on. And so whether it's like a TV rights or whether it's like Facebook Live or Amazon or one of these streaming services, you have to be in a place where people are going to be watching you or people are going to be able to accidentally come across your product because I don't know how many people are going to go searching out these three different football leagues. 
three three year shelf life for the XFL. And the only reason I'm giving it that long is because of the associations and the money behind it. Three years. Yeah, that, that, that's the key. The money. It, it's, the it's, money is it, it, it's, it's just not going to pick up, man. Do you, have, do you have any more room in your life outside of USC football and, and the Rams and the NFL? I mean, no, I don't. That's it, what, it comes to a point where it's like, just you're, just, you're oversaturated. It is. And it's like when you, football, I, I love football. I love football. But the, the best part about football is that there's only those 16 weeks, you know, and then you get the playoffs. It's, it's that. It's the yeah. once a week. It's, I mean, it's you, know, you know the, say, you know, you know the saying about too year. much of a good thing. Right, I mean, how much more? I mean, it's just how much. Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't mean to to keep interrupting. It's like it's like how much more more can can the consumer really take in? You know, are you actually going to go to games? Maybe if it's on your TV, you have it on in the background. Are you going to have a favorite player? Are you going to wear a jersey? Are you going to get the ball cap? I mean, here's the thing. And I mean, you're not like we're not doing a fantasy Mike Abadir show XFL. No, you know what I mean. No, and I don't think they necessarily need it. I don't think they need that. Look, the best model that they had for a minor league was NFL Europe because arena football is never, was never intended as a minor league. It was actually a destination place where you have an entire career there, kind of like the CFL. Sure. You're going to go there. Sure. You know that you're not, you're not fit for the NFL game for whatever reason. Now, occasionally you'll snag somebody like a Doug Flutie or a Warren Moon or Cameron Wake with the Dolphins now, or, you know, Aranda Gatson was a great receiver that was plucked uh, from, from the CFL. Same thing with arena league, but for the most part, you're going there for a career. With these here, I suspect that most of these guys are hoping to get back to the NFL. So there's not going to be enough sustainability for any of these teams to be able to keep their top guys because they're going to jump ship right away. But overall, the best model was NFL Europe. And the reason NFL Europe was the best model is because it had the three letters associated with it, which is the NFL. To me, it was a bad decision for them to to pull the funding on that. The reason that they did was because it was in Europe. They're like, why are we spending all this money in markets that don't give a hoot in Spain, the Barcelona? You know, I mean, like they just didn't don't care about football over there. So why are we doing that? Once they pulled the plug, that was the last of the minor leagues. It was a short lived experiment. It was a good one. But, you know, I, there was a lot of good players that came out of there, by the way. And not a lot of people know that that's for a different segment because we're up against it for commercial break. Let's take a commercial and uh, I could give a few more closing thoughts about the XFL and some of these alternative leagues. And then we will turn the page to Monique. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back, everyone. Actually, one one other mention in terms of the uh, Alliance League, which is starting up this fall, Gino, is that uh, Aaron Murray, you remember him, the Georgia quarterback? He's going to be piloting yeah. the ship for the Atlanta Legends. Um, so they've got some cool. decent quarterbacks that are in the league. You know, just to kind of summarize for the listeners who maybe just jumped in and were wondering what the heck we're talking about, we're talking about some of these emerging leagues that are coming up, not to compete with NFL, but to provide a different niche, maybe at a different time of year, provide a different brand. And, um, you know, we're seeing the XFL reemerge, which was around back in, uh, what, 2000, 2001, something like that. Yep. The Alliance yep. League starts this spring. The year after will be the XFL and presumably the league that was announced today, which is the Freedom Football League, made up of former NFL players, Jeff Garcia, Ricky Williams, T.O., etc. Should be interesting to see what happens. One final thought about that is from an agent's perspective, here's the deal. Anything that helps my client get some film so that he can make the jump back to the NFL, I'm supportive of. So because keep in mind so film something. Film a few bucks. Yeah, because like keep, some- keep, keep the cycle in mind, the, the actual calendar cycle in mind. So this time of year right now, as an agent, we're recruiting. We're finishing up recruiting. We hope to land guys after bowl games, sign them, get them ready for the combine, and go into rookie mini camps and their very first uh, training camp and preseason. That's going to be the rookie season. A lot of these guys, outside of you know your, your top six rounds are pretty comfortable, seventh round and undrafted free agents get cut, and then they start playing the game of signed, unsigned. You look at the, the transaction wire. Every day during the NFL season, you'll see guys getting signed and unsigned, cut, released, cut, released, practice squad, up to the 53-man, back to the practice squad, cut, signed, back again. You'll see a guy maybe go through that process 12 times during the year. Not a lot of people hear about that because it's not sexy news. Somebody who doesn't get on the field, though, for an entire year, going into next year, think of the last game he played. It may have been oh, yeah. in November of the two college seasons ago at this point. A year and they a half don't have ago. any film. They need right? some reps. So, yeah, exactly. they need some reps. So you got to get him some reps. you got to get him some film. Something like this could potentially provide that. So uh, maybe we could talk more about that uh, as uh, we get some more information about some of these other leagues and we draw nearer. But let's uh, get back to the NFL and our most popular weekly segment with the Parlay Queen, Monique. Good afternoon hey, for you. How are you? Hey, guys. Doing well. Uh, it's starting to snow here, and this might be our first real snowfall of the season. So miserable in that sense, but, I mean, can't complain, I guess, because it's already early December. So can't complain with that, but I've been doing really well. Sounds like winning well, weather to me. Desperation in your voice. I was going to say you sound <laughs> you sound so sad up there with the with the, oh, the, the snow. It's, pour, it's pouring rain over here. So if it makes you feel any better, we're in a little bit of a of a, a wet uh, Southern California right now too. So Monique, uh, we're getting down towards the end of the season. It's crazy how quickly this NFL season has has rolled through. Uh, we're already up into week fourteen now, and it looks like you have two plays for us this week. 
Yeah, this week, as we were talking earlier, there isn't really a lot that jumps off the page, but I find myself liking two plays. I think my favorite one of the week are the Chargers, and I see them at 13 and a half. I mean, they've taken care of business versus the lower-tier teams this year, so the spread isn't really that concerning to me. And they're playing the Bengals, and they've been a terrible team all season, and especially poor on the road. They have a slew of injuries on both sides of the ball, and last week losing A.J. Green is just a huge blow to their offense. Last week, they only managed 200 yards of passing offense, and I don't see much different happening today. I think the Chargers are going to cruise, and I think although the spread is really big, they should cover it pretty easily. Chargers minus 13 and a half, and you will stay in the division for your other play. Yeah, I like the Broncos by four. Um, I'm interested the way the line's been moving. I'm surprised because I saw it open. I think it was six or six and a half. So I'm surprised it went down to four. But, I mean, Denver's been surprisingly one of the hottest teams against the spread this year. They're six and one against the spread over their last seven and four and oh in their last four road contests. Now, the 49ers got blown out by the Hawks and the Bucks in their most recent two. So the Niners have the second-worst red zone touchdown percentage in the league. So defensively, they're giving up a lot of points. And, I mean, the Broncos, they still have some playoff hopes alive. I think they're going to find the end zone quite a bit. And as I said before, the spread's a little bit surprising, but I think they should cover that fairly easily. Chargers minus 13.5, Broncos minus 4, two AFC West teams trying to get into the playoffs. And Monique, when we talk to you next week, it's pretty much one of your favorite times of the year. It's bowl time. So next week when we talk, we'll be able to kind of break down some of the bowl games. And over the next few weeks when we talk NFL, if you have any, uh, any of these college games that you want to throw into the mix, we'd love to, uh, we'd love to pick your brain on those too. Absolutely. I've been so into college this year. It's been, it's been a fantastic year and I'm really like my fingers are crossed for uh, the Heisman ceremony. Cause I got a really nice future. I got it in week two on Kyler Murray. So, I mean, I love to see him opening his favorite after the championship game. So, I'm a little nervous, but uh, hopefully next time we chat, I'll be a little bit richer. (laughs) Very cool. Good luck with that. We'll definitely be rooting for for Murray. I'm a big fan of his anyways. Anybody that looks at my Twitter feed will see that I've uh, periodically tweeted about him and his decision about being in baseball or football and all that good stuff. So good luck to you there. Before we let you go, Monique, we're actually going to be unveiling a college football bowl game contest. Gina will give more details. We have time on the air today, but uh, as the weeks go on, you'll be seeing a ton of stuff from us on Twitter. So maybe we'll call it come try to beat the parlay queen because you got no chance. So uh, we hope that you'll participate uh, in our uh, bowl game contest. I mean, I would love that, and you, you hyped me up a little bit, so no pressure, but I mean, I'm <laughs> well under pressure, so <laughs> I would love awesome. that. Awesome. Thank you so much, Monique. We'll talk to you Thanks, again next Monique. week. Thank you, guys. Stay warm. Okay, that's a good mo- uh, good uh, transition right there, Mike. We're going to do two, I have two announcements to make. The first announcement to make is just, this is something that we're going to try out. We want to see how the response is this week. It's just a single week this week. The Rams-Bears game, the Sunday night football game. We want you to predict the exact score of that game, but you got listen to the, the fine print first. You have to follow Mike Abadir and me on Twitter both. At Mike Abadir, it's, at, it's me, Gino B. Second, you have to post the score in an iTunes review. So if you go to iTunes, where the reviews are, there's a, a sele- um, an area where you can post any, um, any comments for the review. Post the score, Rams, Bears, the exact score, and leave us an email. 
So that way, if you win, we know where to send it. If you just post the score and we have your username, we won't know where to send you the prize if you win, which will be a $50 Amazon gift card, and you will get to host a guest host a segment on our show. So that's the first contest. This week, week 14, Sunday Night Football, Rams-Bears, predict the exact score in iTunes, and you must follow both of us on Twitter. So what, what would you think a, a score of that game might be, Mikey? Because actually, that's one of my plays this week. I got well, the Rams uh, minus the three yeah. at the Bears. Yeah, you know, I haven't I haven't given that a lot of thought. I'm going to have to unveil that on iTunes, I suppose. And by the way, if people don't want to give out yeah. their email addresses, maybe you could send us a DM since you're going to be following us if you're not already and, a follower. Anyway, just so we know, yeah, exactly. we know where uh, where to get you the information. So exactly, um, leave us, you know. And Gino, because so so we, we got about three minutes win. left, and we yeah, because we got about three minutes left, and we want to uh, make our plays as well. Give us a quick uh, in, info on the not, bowl so, game contest. So that's, that'll be one of my three plays for the week. So that's our first contest is the NFL contest. The second contest, again, we're going to tweet all these out. Just wanted to make, uh, make sure we mention them on the show. Second one is on ESPN.com. It's the College Bowl Mania Pool. So our group name is the Mike Abadier Show. All you have to do is pick the winner straight up, not with confidence picks or anything. Only one entry per person. The group password is bowling. First prize, $100 Amazon gift card and the guest host of a, a segment on our show. Second prize is a $50 Amazon gift card. Make sure to follow us on Twitter also. Uh, but the Mike Abadier Show is the group name, and the group password is bowling. We'll repeat this again next week because you still have like nine or ten days to get into it. So for me, Mike, I'm going to quickly go through my NFL plays. I have three this week. Rams minus three at the Bears. Browns plus two, at the, uh, plus two against the reeling Carolina Panthers. And the Colts plus five on the road at Houston after that miserable shutout last week. I think the Colts are going to keep it close. I think they win on the road at Houston. So those are my three. Colts at Houston plus the five, Browns plus the two versus Carolina, and Rams minus three at the Bears. What about you, Mikey? Yeah, I'm looking at an AFC East um, uh, matchup where you're, you're, you're looking at the, the Miami Dolphins fighting for their playoff lives at home against New England. They got pounced, absolutely destroyed by them in their first matchup. Uh, they lost their center, you know, um, early in the early part of the game, and it was just an absolute disaster. I think this time they're going to be able to keep the game close. They're getting eight points, so I'm taking Miami plus eight against New England at home in the good weather in Miami. I'm also going to take another home team, which is the Green Bay Packers. New head coach, they're going to be fired up. Aaron Rodgers has to prove that he ain't the coach killer and that he could still win in this league. It's minus five against the Atlanta Falcons. Historically a bad December road team, especially outdoors. So those are the two plays. Green Bay minus five, Miami plus eight. And uh, one quick mention, by the way, uh, Monique's play with the, with the Broncos. You know what's really interesting is that they are now, with Emmanuel Sanders uh, tearing his Achilles, they're now out from opening day. They're two top receivers, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel, yeah. Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, Corlin Sutton, their first-round draft pick out of SMU, is going to have to fill in and be their number one guy. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's shown some uh, potential, uh, obviously. And they found, a, they found a star in Philip Lindsay. You know, they, yeah, they've they got the a star in Philip Lindsay. You know, uh, yeah. I don't know and how many times. He can catch the ball in the backfield also. He's, he's very good. Yeah, and I think that's the reason why, why the, uh, the line had moved is because people are kind of thinking through it. How are they going to be able to get to the end zone without their, their, their top receiver on the roster? And I would suspect yep. that that's a big part of it because it's not like the 49ers have given us necessarily a lot to be encouraged about. we got about 30 seconds left here, G. Um, I'm excited about the contest. Again, buddy. Man, I appreciate that very much. Um, I'm looking forward to this contest. 
That's, by the way, yeah, so two the Bull Mania is, is Capital One. I'm looking at it right now. It's Capital, capital One Bull Mania. Yeah, Capital we'll send One Bull Mania. Yeah, yep. and we'll, we'll talk about it again next week because we still have about nine or ten days to get into that bowl contest. And uh, this weekend's one, though, make sure you predict the Rams-Bears score and you leave it in the iTunes reviews and you have to follow both Mike and myself on Twitter. Thank you for listening, everyone. We love having you, and we will see you at the same time, same place next Thursday. Have a great sports weekend. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a great week.